SUS is the global leader in innovative, reliable, secure, enterprise-grade open source solutions. Relied upon by more than 60% of the Fortune 500 to power their mission-critical workloads. They specialize in business-critical Linux, enterprise container management, and edge solutions, and collaborate with partners and communities to empower customers to innovate everywhere, from the data center, to the cloud, to the edge, and beyond. SUSE puts the open back in open source, giving customers the agility to tackle innovation challenges today, and the freedom to evolve their strategy and solutions Rob, what's going on? Nothing much. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. So you were you were out at KubeCon, and um, I'm sure there's uh, all types of interesting things to, to talk about around that. So tell me, um, tell me what you saw. Give me an overview. Let's uh, let's talk. Uh, about that. All right. So it was in Detroit, Michigan. So for me personally, I got to drive up there, and that was cool. Um, Normally, I have to fly, and so when I go to KubeCon, you know, to set to set the stage for everybody, I go with streaming gear. So I have the camera that you're seeing that I'm with. I have recording stuff and lights and beeps and mics and all, all that, right? So it was kind of nice for me to drive in. And it was a really a nice drive, you know, coming from Central Ohio into Michigan. Um, the vibe was, you know, kind of different from before. Um, Valencia was packed. Um, we ran out of swag. Um, mm. The food in Valencia wasn't as good, but Valencia was felt more, I don't say congested, but it felt like there was a lot more people there. We had a lot more booth traffic. Um, this, this conference seemed different. We had a mask mandate, which went over, it didn't go over well with the staff. And I mean by staff, mm. not the CNCF staff, but the, the staff of the venue itself. So I always give credit to the staff because without them no conference is going to go over well so you know in talking to some of them anecdotally you know the feedback i got was why am i wearing this mask um and so they weren't particularly happy because there's no man mandate for mask in michigan right and right so and in, in most places in the, in the country <laughs> it's kind yeah, of weird and like here in the great lakes region we haven't had masks for months, um, and so that was a very difficult thing um, to get that back in there. Um, you saw people wearing them. Um, we were supposed to wear them, and there was a little, someone on the loudspeaker, you know, put your mask on. And you heard that a lot. Um, so the, yeah, it was a the, the masking was kind of a weird. I don't know if it's going to come back for next coupon. Um, this this coupon, uh, the vibe I would say was you know we're glad to be back right and there was a lot of people who were just ecstatic to we're back in person and that so our booth traffic was not as much as valencia but it was still there um but they had our booths way spread out and i think i had like 30 feet between us and the dynatrace booth because dynatrace is literally the booth next to us and you know we're yelling across back and forth you know just joking with them um but there was a lot of open space that we that w i wasn't used to i got yeah. to break away for a couple of the good talks um that was you know you know obviously the keynote and stuff like that and those were you know exciting um but those were packed houses you know like you get you get up there and 
you know, some of our, um, my coworkers, um, Matt Farina, he was up there, um, and it was kind of exciting to see them. Um, but for the most part, I was in the booth, um, doing live streaming from the booth. So I had, uh, I want to say that over 20 different live streams that we were putting out. Um, but the audio was terrible. Like it was so echoey. And <laughs> when you got into, when I got into DevRel, like I'm a technical person, but I had to go learn what cameras and lights and mics are. Um, we had just, there's nothing we can do. Um, and we, because we had the mask mandate, our mics couldn't pick up voices very well. And so it made it very difficult to get the audio correct. So yeah, I can uh, imagine it was, it was different. That'd be tough. That's yeah. swag wise. I would say, um, there's a couple booths and I like to give, you know, frenemies, you know, other companion companies. I, you know, I always give shout outs. Some of the booths that had some really good swag, I would say Cisco. Cisco had like this game you played on an iPad or your phone, and then they printed you a t-shirt, or not a t-shirt, but a hoodie, and I think I got it over there, but it's like this really nice hoodie that they printed out, and I was like, wow, what is that? Like, and you do that every time. Like Every time you come in, we're like, we're going to have good swag, and then somebody just one-ups you, and normally it's replicated. Replicated has had like top tier swag Valencia they did like the soccer there's like uh, Barcelona Madrid and Valencia soccer teams they have like an emblem and they redid that emblem in patches but they had like Kubernetes like tied into it I'm, I'm next they are always next tier this year they had like keychains for like automobiles so like they had like K8s but it was in the Ford font and stuff like that and I thought that was pretty cool um, Ford was there, they had a booth and they had like their newest EV Mustang there. Whew, that thing is nice. Nice. And they really? actually let me touch it, which is surprising. Cause like, oh yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like you. And the, the one guy was like, when he f knew who I was from, he's like, I'm going to have to let people sit in it. He goes, but if you want to go ahead. So he let me get like sit in it. I'm like, Ooh, wow. This, it, it was, I can never afford it. But it was very nice, and I thought having them there um, because it's not they're they're not a traditional person booth there. You would don't you don't normally see a a, a car company, um, but I think they've turned like Ford has really turned the corner, and they were just you know we're 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 a tech company that makes cars, right? Um, so they were a non traditional one that that was really cool. And then who was the other one? Home Depot. Um, and they, they had some good swag. I was asking, it was, yeah, Home Depot was there as well. Um, I was joking with them. I said, you know, I was like, Hey, do you guys have, are you guys handing out the orange aprons? Cause that would have been perfect. swag. <laughs> you would have got me. I was just like, you got that. Um, but, uh, for the most part, the, and that was with the big booth. So we're, like, we're the, the, the bigger sponsors that we are. Sousa is a bigger sponsor there. Um, we had a bigger booth where it's a lot more exciting. Um, and, and I think it's just because they were tighter together where were the, where all the smaller booths were at. So like I'm wearing a Fermion t-shirt. They were there. Um, Nymera, I think it's the company name. There's just a bunch of small ones, but it was, they were having a lot of fun over there. And I think it's cause they were just tighter together. Um, so they were like tossing swag back and forth. And so they had a different vibe on that side. So in the, like the higher sponsored side, I'm like, you know, you're trying to get that excitement, but there was just, 
ex- weird excitement going on over there. So they were, you know, they were playing games with each other and, you know, just getting people to sign up and, you know, you know how conferences work. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so for, I guess that would make sense up there. So, I mean, what, what do you think the vibe was for having it in Detroit? Like that was a weird kind of choice to me. Did they, did it, they have well, a, it was an explanation? A they didn't. Um, I I actually thought it was. I, so I'm from Cleveland, so I wanted Cleveland instead of Detroit. But that's just me. I'm being selfish. Um, <laughs> but it was very non-traditional, and it was nice not to be in an overcrowded like tech city, right? It's like we're not in San Francisco or Seattle. Yay! It's not New York. Even better. It was nice right. to bring it in there. Um, it was rough food-wise, so finding we you have to go. You ha- we had to actually go out and find fine food, and that was kind of difficult because downtown Detroit wasn't as bumping. It wasn't as packed, but we're post-COVID, so a lot of these people are not going downtown, and so that made it a little difficult. But I thought it was a great idea. Like I would like to see. I think we're going back to Chicago. I think we're Chicago next, which is good. Chicago is a good city, and they do have a, a nice downtown. You know, and it's safe. Um, depending on where you're at in Chicago, it's always, it's going to be safe for everyone to go down there. Um, there was a couple people complaining about someone got mugged, um, and I don't know the details of it, but Ugh. it happens in every major city, right? So you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't like everyone's like, you know, there's like a backlash on Twitter, and I and I was really kind of disgusted with it personally um, because. This isn't happening anywhere, right? I've been attacked in all the cities I've ever been to. San Francisco is the only, the only city I've been personally assaulted in. And so I'm like, well, you can't really just de- blame Detroit because I walked the streets at night with everybody else and nothing happened, right? And it just it happens in every big city, but please don't blame Detroit. So it, I think it, Detroit had their really awesome rebound and then COVID hit and a lot of the places downtown were just empty. But I, if you go to any other major city, it's probably going to say it's, I, you know, I live on the outskirts of Columbus, go downtown Columbus and that's going to be dead at night. There's not going to be a single restaurant open. So I kind of like temper expectations with that. Um, yeah. I mean, I it's like, like it's like that in Atlanta. But in a non-traditional city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, down, downtown Atlanta is a, it's a little bit of a ghost town compared to what it used to be. I think it's just going to take time for these larger metropolitan areas to uh get back to what they were you know and it's but i i just thought the selection of detroit was interesting when it, it you know it typically is like out in san francisco which i'm i'm okay with not doing that i've done that enough times <laughs> it's it's like it was maybe cool 15 years ago but uh i'm over it <laughs> let's try some new things yeah, there's a there's a there's a handful of you know American cities I'd like to see get it. Charlotte would be one. I'd love to see Charlotte get it. Um, you know, and just because it exposes people to different cultures. Um, I think one of the one of the things someone said to me, they were like, I didn't even know D- Detroit had their own style of pizza, but it's pretty good. And I'm like, you didn't? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's kind of like this mixture. It's not like Chicago and it's not New York. It's like their own thing. And I'm like, okay. And so like that. That, that that experience that people had coming in, I thought was great. Hot take. Detroit pizza is pretty good. I, I think I better, than, Actually, better than Chicago talk. deep dish. 
I I personally hate Chicago deep dish. I don't mind New York style. I love Detroit style because it's that crunchy cheese on the outside. But we, that's that's for another podcast. That's, yeah, um, we'll do we'll do the food pod that, that's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, tell me tell me about uh any maybe interesting announcements that came out. Um, uh. It was so our booth was across from Sneak, um, and the Monday morning we got in there and we're all doing booth setup. And if you've ever done a booth setup, it's chaos and there's yelling, there's tractors and forklifts and stuff. Um, But the Sneak booth was relatively weirdly, eerily empty at that time. And we found out later that they laid off, you know, I don't know how many percentage, you know, almost 200 people were laid off, and some of them were supposed to be there. So they had a, a late start with that. That was one announcement um, that was kind of shocking because we were like, are they going to set this booth up? Because like, we're over here like rushing <laughs> to get it done and we're looking over there going like, what's going on over there? And then someone mentioned that they were having. So, you know, for those who are affected, you know, former sneak employees, you know, sorry that it happened the week of KubeCon. I think there would have probably been a better time post-KubeCon to do that. Um the only really big announcement from that was surprising from the CNCF was the announcement, and it might have hit earlier, but they really hammered it home during KubeCon, was now security is going to be its own mini-conference, which is weird because the past couple of years, we've been talking almost exclusively security. Everything we're talking, Salsa Level 2, like FIPS 140-2, like all of the stuff that's really important in supplies, you know, uh, supply chain security, all of that has been what we've talked about. And now that we're going to kind of start splitting this off into its own little mini conference, it, I'm like, I was thinking, what are we going to talk about, right? Because right. that's been the hot topic for the past couple of years. And now that we've split, they're splitting that off, but that was confusing. I'm sure the CNCF has a better explanation. I'm doing it in injustice, but that was very kind of confusing to us because I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about? A lot of the tracks were based on that. I'll, um, I'm going to pretend to be the CNCF for a second. Okay. Hey, we have this great idea. We should break off into a security conference. So now we have another conference to bring in revenue. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, prob- and that's that probably what it case, is. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it was that was just a weird one for us because we were just like I caught me off guard when they announced it. I was like, "Wait, wait, we we have another one." And CF when CFP is closing, so you know, I'm like, I got Amsterdam for CFPs, and then I have the security one. And now, like, you're trying to pick like I have six of them. Which one? Who's going to go where? Right. Um, and I, I even if I could, because of my my day job, I would I would only be allowed to do if that one talk externally <clears throat> at CNCF, cause I have so much, like I have so many other responsibilities, but that's what we were looking at going, what buckets this one in? I don't, I don't know. Like wh- what are we going to go through? So now we're, I don't want to say we're scrambling. We're starting to review what that looks like. Yeah. Wasm was the big, I would say the big, every, that was the, the, the up and coming and I'm wearing a Fermion shirt. Um, I know Matt Butcher, he's a really good guy and they're doing some great things over there. And I think, Cosmotic was the other one, but you saw a lot more from that space. And I thought that was cool because that's, I don't want to say it's the new hotness because that's, it's been a while, it's been around for a while, but 
it it had a little more traction at this KubeCon than I've seen at previous ones. So you're like, you, you were hearing a lot more of that. And that was really cool because I'm like, I'm a big Wasm fan. And a lot of my talks, if I really want to get in there, I'm like, I'm going to write WebAssembly and show you how to. And it, like, it's almost an instant at any developer conference. People are like, rubber stamp, you're, you're talking. Nice. What was the, um, you said you got to see a couple of talks while you were there. I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're repping SUSE in the booth and talking to people, but you got to sneak out and see a couple of things. Uh, what was like maybe your best, the best uh, talk you saw or maybe even heard about? Uh, I would, I would, you know, not to beat up Wasm, the, the you know, the pre-event Wasm stuff I was able to go to, um, the Wasm days, and that, I thought, that's where I'm like, I mean, they were in, it was a packed house in there. And so I thought those are, you know, how it was, they're really showing people they're not as hard to write as you might think. More frameworks are coming. So they got, to, you know, .NET got a, a little shout out there. Tiny Go and there and there Wasm. I think Go needs a, a little more love in the Wasm space <clears throat> because there's a lot of Go developers or engineers, um, and then obviously the big player is Rust because you know you, you say, oh, I'm writing Wasm. What is it, Rust? Like that's what they're gonna that's your go to. But I would say so. A lot of the talks around the Wasm, and that's what, I, and I was surprised because in Valencia, eh, there was there was a couple people. But man, this year I'm like, wow, it is packed. Like you would, if there's a pandemic, I wouldn't notice that. You're just looking around. There's people everywhere with masks on. So that was really interesting. I'm like, <laughs> wow, they really want to talk about Wasm. Did they? Did they release how um, many people came um, to KubeCon? Did you hear a number? I heard it was between seven and eight thousand. Um, but that's not official. Um, that was like the, oh, that's what, because, you know, when you ask that question, so-and-so gets this number, and then so-and-so who works for the CNF said this, um, but we haven't got that official. If, they're, if they published it, I haven't heard it, but I heard it was between seven and 8,000. Um, the after parties weren't too bad. Um, those are, I guess that's where I get to go hang out with everybody because I have no booth duties. So right. um, there's like a like a riverboat that was pretty cool that they had spun up and I'm like, oh, it's an actual riverboat. Never been on one of these things before, but so there's a couple there. Um, the other venues, um, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Kasten by Veeam. They had, uh, everyone kept saying it was um, Slim Shady was gonna, it was gonna show up and everyone got excited <laughs> for it. And you had to get like this band that lit up. I mean, they made this big deal about it and then, um, and then you get there and it was stand shady, not slim shady. And so a lot of people were very <laughs> disappointed because they, they did like this bait and switch uh, kind of thing. And I mean, it, it wasn't bad. Um, let's see who else. And then I went over, uh, Acorn Labs did a joint one with Angry Unicorn and Chain Guard. And I had a pretty decent turnout over there. It was a, they had a dance floor and, uh, I kept my phone in my pocket, but it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> nice. That's, uh, so, so um, oddly enough, the, uh, the old switcheroo for the famous person, we, we did an event, um, a number of years ago at AWS reInvent where we had Joe Perry's guitar tech, but he's, he was, you know, guitar player, obviously. <laughs> and um, he basically 
toured, you know, with, with Aerosmith for, you know, 30 years. So he had all these amazing stories. He was a good singer too. So we had like Aerosmith night at one of the casinos at re-event where yeah. it was like, meet, meet Aerosmith guy. But we didn't say who it was. <laughs> so it was kind of like a Slim Shady, but not. <laughs> kind of the same concept. Yeah. It actually went over pretty well because he had all these uh, all these crazy stories about being a part of what Aerosmith was doing back in the day. But um, some people were I like, I would have probably enjoyed that. Yeah, I would have probably enjoyed that more. Only because for me, it would have been like, all right, so tell me what Tyler Perry was really like. <laughs> like and yeah. then hearing those stories, like I would, because like I'm the behind the scenes guy. I am a sucker for something behind the scenes. Um, behind the music, I think it was like an MTV thing. You, I could watch those for miles. And they're like, um, The Last Dance is another one. Like I've watched that, that documentary series like six times. And my wife's like, you're watching it again. I'm like, yeah, but like that whole Dennis Rodman thing, Karma, like, and then Jordan coming in. I was like, honey, I just, I <laughs> love that. So, I mean, that would have been entertaining for me. You got like 60 hours into the last even dance. With... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, even, even with the CNCF, like, uh, you know, and I, I get to talk to people who like are with, who work within the CNCF who are you know, have different roles that are, they don't work for the CNCF, but they have different roles working to support the CNCF and just getting up behind the scenes. And sometimes I'll go to like a TOC meeting just to watch what they're talking about because you're seeing that magic, right? And there's a lot that goes on and I don't think people realize it. People go, oh, they're just, you know, you know, spinning up another conference. But if you look at the landscape and what they have to do to manage all of that, that's a lot and all the i don't think we realize that effort and if the cncf really wants to do something awesome is to do kind of like a behind the scenes like what does that look like to manage all of that and if you look at the landscape landscapes like it feels like a million different projects in there and i know it's right. only probably maybe a thousand <clears throat> but it takes a lot to manage all of that and you have to be like and a lot of this is just people volunteering their time and some, you know, some people get paid for it by their, you know, their other companies that they work for, but it's a lot. And I would love to yeah. see that. That would be, that would be something that the CNCF did. I think it would break down a lot of the barriers when people complain about the CNCF. I think it would break down a lot of the barriers because they're like, Oh, now it makes sense. Like that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool because I think there's, um, with anything that works, there's there's a lot of time and effort that gets put into it. And, like, the CNCF has a tough job. Let's take, you know, a thousand community projects. You know, some of them will turn into enterprise offerings. And let's make sure we represent them well. And um, those standards are in place. And we're going to put on, you know, these great shows so people can come and learn and be a part. And that, that is it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work just to put on a local event where you invite a few customers out to learn something new. Can you imagine doing that with, you know, hundreds of contributing ISVs and 8,000 people and in a facility that's got to be outfitted? I mean, that, that's kind of the thing about, like, big trade shows. Like, what Amazon does every year is insane. Mm -hmm. Absolute, like, it's like over 100,000 people that are coming through. It's It's across, like, pretty much the whole strip in Vegas. I mean, it's, it's nuts. 
And it's the week after and Thanksgiving. I have to give it... <laughs> yeah. And I have to give the CNCF credit, and I don't think many people do, because <clears throat> people like to complain to the event staff from the CNCF about, I got to wear a mask. They didn't make that choice. Like, that's, that's CNCF leadership. That's, that's not them. This didn't work. This didn't work. But if you think about it, they have two major events from the CNCF every year. Now they're going to have a third mini event. It's only two days for the security one. And I don't know how many other smaller ones they're running. But every six months, they're in another city, once in Europe and once in the Americas. And if they add a third one, I mean, that's that's like it for APAC. These people are doing a job that I can't even imagine. And yeah. I think it's thankless for them because the attendees come in and go, man, I had to wear masks, man. What, these, these guys are jerks. I can't believe it. No one wears masks anywhere. And like nothing they did was happy. Oh, we're not safe because someone so got mugged. And, you know, it's like they always beat up the, the CNCF event staff. But to be honest with you, they do a job I don't think anybody really wants to do or could do. And they do it, and it's almost like this. So I, I'm going to give a, a, a moment to shout out to the CNCF you know, event staff. You guys did a fantastic job with what you guys had to do. Um, and I'm looking forward to Amsterdam is our next one. What is that one, roughly? Uh, uh, Amsterdam? It's in yeah. April, and it'll be KubeCon EU. Gotcha. Okay. So, and, yeah, so it, it'll be... More European focus. You'll see less of the defense um, contractors will not be not contractors, but you know companies that do more U.S. government work. They won't be there. So it's a it's right. I don't want to say the vibes different because then you have companies that go there that show up to EU, but yet they work. They're like I don't want to say they're, they're like Raytheon, but they're like the defense companies for Europeans. So there's they're they just switch right. So it's right. different. Um, but it'll be easier to get to. So for me, it won't be three flights. It'll be just two here to New York, New York to Amsterdam. Be perfect. There you go. Um, so when you were uh, doing booth duty, what was the what was the big topic conversation in the SUSE booth? Uh, in the SUSE booth, so we had our. Our booth was branded Rancher by SUSE um, because SUSE is like, and I say this with with, with all fun, um, SUSE is like David Hasselhoff, right? We know about it in America. <laughs> we know about the David Hasselhoff. We, we know Knight Rider, right? We know Baywatch. But in Germany, in Europe, David Hasselhoff is like huge, right? And so right. we were branded just slightly different, and we're we're starting to get the exposure, and we're slowly doing that. It's like this is a, a this is a SUSE project. Um, so we had our Rancher Federal, our, our GS guys were there. They had some. They do air gap better than nobody else because they have to because the federal requirements are a lot of stuff's air gap. So all these guys had like Raspberry Pi clusters, or they had like. Uh, a pelican case with a touch screen and like three or four nucks in there running harvester and kubernetes um, mm. and then they had this giant hpe and i don't know i mean it had to have been like maybe 30 inches long 12 inches by 12 inches and the thing weighed 75 pounds but it was like a data center and they had a bunch of stuff running on that what else did they have and like these guys always go crazy when it comes to that. One guy had a uh, stream deck running K9S and RKE2, 
And so he's got Kubernetes running on a stream deck, and I'm like, and people just flocked to that. They were just like, they were like bugs to a bug zapper. They were just coming in, and they wanted to talk to him, like just the air gap. And I see it in our community a lot because if I say I want to do a, a course on K3S on Raspberry Pis, people show up in droves. They love it. And that's what that was like. On the other side, we had a robotic arm. It was 3D printed, and you would play paper, rock, scissors on it in an edge display. So we did a joint venture with Intel. Um, so we were doing that demo at our booth, and we did it at the Intel booth, um, and that was really cool. Um, and I didn't realize how much effort it took for us to, to do that. I mean, so we had one guy who had to write the, the, the machine learning for it. And he's just like, yeah, I, I, I did this. And another guy had to print it and they were, and they were like working on the hand, but that was like, you just went paper, rock, scissors and, and, the, and the robot would go like, it was pretty cool in that one. I <laughs> mean, um, we nice. had like our normal stuff. We talked about, uh, a new vector had, uh, it's a, we had a little booth for new vector and another one for harvester. Cause we released harvester 1.1 that week. Um, it wasn't, a I'd like to tell you it was a flawless release, but it wasn't. Um, you know, there's still there's one upgrade bug with it, but the team's working on that. So I'm excited because they gave us PCI pass through, meaning that now you can spin up a VM and you can attach the graphics card to do heavy GPU uh, usage through a cluster. And I thought that was really cool. I'm like, oh, finally we have cool like AI stuff. That I don't know how to do, but it's really cool to be able to do it, just in case, <laughs> just in case. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so, um... Our, uh... No, go ahead. I stepped on you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, we, we gave her, I would say, most of our, our swag, which is good. Um, anytime we you send stuff back, you kind of go, did we miss... We Did we misappropriate we brought too much um but we we had just enough for the the the, the people that we uh, thought we were going to get and then i always every six months i refresh all my t-shirts um it's kind of you know what you it's kind of like your consolation gift when you have to go you're like all right and then i come home and i throw out all these t-shirts and i bring in all these new ones and my wife's like what is all this i'm like just a t-shirt refresh honey don't worry about it so. <laughs> it's a little it's a little style upgrade Every six yeah, months. Yeah. My daughter wants this one with the with the cat and the Fermion thing, and they had a pretty cool their their booth their booth setup was pretty cool. They had a little game there, and there's this cat, and it was deploying you know uh, Wasm to to the Fermion. It was really kind of interesting. It's like she's like, look, this is you deployed two thousand of them. I'm like, you did? And she goes, yeah. You were playing a game, and you had no idea. And that's how easy it is to deploy Wasm. And I'm like, sweet. So they you know, it's, it's some interactive stuff. Very cool. Well, um, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. I'm going to try to go next time. I want to, I want to experience this, uh, all this fun. <laughs> I will be, I will be there interviewing partners. So I think if you go, if maybe we should convince your leadership that you, that you need to go is that we'd love to have you interview you. Um, we're going to do a better job with the mics. Um, and then I think we're going to, figure out a way not to have to wear a mask so I can, I can hear you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little muffled anyway. So put a mask on me. It's just like, that's all it is. So that'll be no good. Well, very cool. I'm glad we got to catch up on, uh, on this and, um, 
we'll be back to our regular scheduled podcast around all fun Kubernetes things um, in the next couple weeks. So for the listeners, be looking out for that. And um, Rob, thanks again for the time and uh, sharing, you know, what the event was like. I I think uh, those that didn't get to attend, you know, get a cool opportunity to try to convince people they should go next time. So. But thanks, Nick. We'll see you guys. All right. Take it easy. This episode is brought to you by Shadowsoft's Kubernetes Center of Excellence. Your Kubernetes team should not be frustrated and confused. With Shadowsoft's CubeCUE, you can clarify your process, align your team, and grow your skills. For more information, go to cubecue.com.